This is Shaka Ward Speak. Yo, in elementary school, I had the four stripe, mm-hmm. and I, I white out the fourth one. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Look, I was rocking yeah, yeah. it for a little bit, convincing, convincing folks. Dude, you were bootleg before bootleg. <laughs> bootleg and trying to say some face. What had it, yo? Yeah. What had it? <laughs> hey, well, this is a good good place to jump in. We're we're here uh, back with another episode, Shaka Art Speak. We took a little Memorial Day. Uh, weekend break and so uh, glad to be back with you all still you know contending with COVID-19 and we have uh, amazing friend uh, incredible artist and designer filmmaker all kinds of I don't even know he probably does other stuff that I don't know about Um, (laughs) between Gareth and I we've known him for too many years but we still don't know everything about him so uh, Curtis Newkirk Jr is here uh, with us today. Welcome, Curtis. Welcome, What's Curtis. You just heard him talking about his pants. What's happening? <laughs> bootlegging, his, bootlegging his pants, man. Bootlegging, my yo, favorite, My favorite bootleg story was like, you, you're too, Gareth, you might be young enough or old enough to know this, but like OP pants. Yeah. So OP was this, this style. Yeah, the OP had the specific logo and the shorts were short. It was like uh, other people's, or I forget what OP was. Now I don't even know anymore. Ocean Pacific. Ocean Pacific. Yeah, yeah. So... All I know is my uncles are just four and six years older than me, and we all wanted OP shorts, uh-huh. and my um, they're expensive. So for Christmas, open it up, boom, OP shorts. My <laughs> uncles are chilling, looking around a little bit. They're, we're, I don't know, we're like 12. They're like 12, I'm probably six. So, And they keep looking, and all of a sudden, man, the thread's coming off the, the deal. Dude, my grandma had sewed, tried to copy the... OP logo. Oh, dang. <laughs> dude, she bought some, yeah, dude, she bought some <laughs> cheap shorts, man, and they fell Off apart. The they the street, fell apart yo. that morning, dude. And my uncles were real entitled, man. They were ticked. Yeah, like this is messed up. You know, like it was, it was like a civil war in the home. But <laughs> yeah, that, that's my to, intro to bootlegging. We used to, um, oh, rabbit trail. Now go for it. That, that's what, what this podcast about? is. <laughs> yeah. I, don't you, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast. Yo, definitely if listen to a bunch of those. <laughs> Yo, yeah, we used to um, we used to get fake Jordans, and back in the day, they used to um, spray paint different different colors and designs and stuff like that. And so they had these Incredible Hulk, <laughs> uh, Olympic Eights. <laughs> we used to rock that with the dope um, like Gary Payton spray painted shirt. Yeah, I mean, that was the style back in the day. Listen, if it looks good, it makes you like. Can can an icon hold its power when it's not done by Nike? Yo. Does the icon still have iconic power? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if I bootleg it, is it still powerful? Is it in the the shape of, and design of the icon itself? That's right, that's or right. Is it, the is it tied to the manufacturer? Yes. You know, specifications? Like, yes. I mean, it's a weird, that's a weird conundrum. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. You, can get, you can get some people, too. I mean. Yeah. Especially with social distancing. <laughs> yeah, for real. Dude, everybody's like, You won't know. Look, Jordan's doing a layup. Looks good from six feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those are those are my days. Yeah, that's how you got started. But so yeah, we're we're um, we got a pretty good episode here. We want to chop it up with you a little bit, kind of hear your story. Um, I, I think it's unique yeah. uh, coming to the arts. Um, and then we got a question we've been kicking around at differing levels and you know points of uh, entry into um, whether you, especially now, I think it's even more a strange conversation that's worth having. Is which is. You know, um, can you, is it like, how should you think about pursuing your career as an artist? Is it better to kind of stay 
kind of a free free agent, so to speak. And mm-hmm. can you can you just do it your own way? Pop up mm-hmm. shows, you know, or is it better to really lock in with a gallery? And because uh, the significant amount of work it takes to kind of uh, do all the heavy lifting for that. And so we've yeah. we've all got different entry points into this discussion, but we all I think got things to offer and yeah. kicking that like ball around, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So um, so that's that'll be the second half of this ep- this episode. In the first half. We just want to jump in with you and, and uh, hear hear a little bit of your story. So, like, wh- where where you where do you come from, man, and, and how did you get into um, what you do? So, <clears throat> so yeah, um, so I'm from the Northern Virginia area, um, and uh, got some roots in Louisiana, down uh, Generate, Louisiana, and so I only mention that because a lot of that plays into, I guess, how I see things. It's it's so weird too. I, I I didn't live down there, but I guess I spent a key time of my life down there. Um, somehow that like stuck with me. But it all started like uh, my sister used to draw these Tweety. She used to draw Tweety um, on T-shirts. The Looney Tune character. Looney Tune yeah, character yeah, yeah. Tweety on T-shirts. And so I was just curious. So I I just started copying her, and uh, that led to uh, me copying. My brother's cursive. He has he has mm-hmm. nice cursive writing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. just that like search and that curiosity started in like those early stages, and then from there I started like designing on my own shoes, drawing on clothes, all that. And it wasn't until like um, I want to say 2010, 2011, where I like made my first painting in like uh, the eleventh grade. So. That was a big achievement for me. I won awards, and so that opened up more doors of, like, the possibility of, you know, taking it further past that one painting. How much painting had you had done before that one? That was a, I, I think that was, I know which painting you're talking about, the one with you kind of breaking through. No, no. It was, like, it's a half-face one. Okay. That it's, like, me. <laughs> yeah, I got, like, 20 paintings of myself. But, uh, so, yeah, it's a half-face one, and it was the very first one. I hadn't done no oil painting prior to that. And my uh, high school teacher, she was very adamant about, like, the students trying different things, experimenting with different um, mediums and stuff like that. So that was my first one. I won an award. I was super excited that, like, I I made a painting. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't understand the full weight of that, but I was just excited and young. And so, um, so yeah, like, it was pretty good. Uh, it was pretty good. And so that led me to investigate more. Um, of, of what it looks like, what I, what can I achieve with with painting, with oil mm-hmm. painting? So, what kind of what kind of context were you coming up in? Because like, so like all of us got our, you know, we have our stories. Like Gareth and I have shared, we have our relative, I guess you could call it support Gareth, or yeah, 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 you know, like levels of support, and then also mm-hmm. levels where maybe there's not support, maybe it's just like no one knows, and so you're kind of you're figuring out against the context, like like so like for me playing sports was divided with doing art, but a lot of my supports friends, you know, it wasn't until I started doing certain things that they got, they were more supportive. But a lot of times it just wasn't really a supportive thing. I was just kind of like the weird kid that yeah. liked drawing. And yeah. I didn't even know what it meant, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I feel like for me it was, um, so I grew up in, I always say like my, my family is very like just entrepreneurs, you know, a mom's hustler, you know, uh, Stepfather's hustling, my brother's hustling. Like my whole family is just hustling. I grew up hustling, we would, hustling, hustling. So we, yeah, we would be hustling. Look, we would be. 
I would say like one of my first jobs was like uh, we would go to the metro station and we were selling uh, um, Washington Times newspapers. Yeah. At the metro station, and so like that was just a part of the space. Yeah. And and like trying to create your own little businesses, and my mom uh, owned a bridal shop, and so like just working in there with her, just just like the hustle has been a part of uh, my upbringing in a in a massive way. And I kind of a, a little bit rubbed off on me, not too much, just a little bit. Um, so, but I definitely do think about everything I do in terms of um, like how can I build from this? How can I use this to to broaden my reach in other ways? And so, when I create something, I'm not just thinking about that one thing. I'm thinking about you know the seeds that come from that one thing. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say that hustle was planted way, yeah, back in the day. Can't knock yeah. the hustle. Can't knock the hustle, bro. <laughs> like how many hip hop songs? I know. Look, look. I speak. Yeah, yo, I'm, I'm all hip hop. <laughs> but like, I feel like all my, uh, all my, um, my phrases come from like some song of some sort. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I think that's great. Man. <laughs> yeah, we're not anti hip hop. So, yeah, like Gareth and I, are, Gareth and I had our road trip last summer and found how much we have extreme overlapping interests <laughs> yes. in hip hop. We basically was like, yep, put that on. Yep. Or he just put stuff on and like, that's amazing that you love this. I can't believe that we're from other parts of the planet. Yeah. It's kind of a wild. So yeah, you're you're in good company. Oh yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> so yeah, talk so so you're you're in a entrepreneurial mm. environment yeah. and you're in high school and what what reference points do you have for yourself or do you like when you're like like, how are you envisioning yourself as an artist? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what, what do you, what do you, like, what's, what's floating around in your mind as far as what does it mean to be an artist? Like, who, who's helping you see that? Yeah, that's, that's good. Well, uh, my, my main source uh, of understanding that, um, like, was my high school teacher, um, Mrs. DeSantis. Love mm-hmm. you. So she's Italian and she's, She's just she's just into a lot of different things and she and she's into pushing you to experiment with a lot of different things. And so when I think about painting, um, I would always think about like the European painters um, at the museum. I would go to museums all the time in D.C. and just walk around and um, just really study them. And so uh, not I haven't I haven't really. The crazy thing is, I have so my culture is all like, uh, you know, uh, hip hop and, and streets and fashion, all that stuff. That's what I grew up in. But when it came to painting, it was a completely different foreign context mm-hmm. that like I had not even I, I've never been a part of. Don't even understand what it what it means. So when I would go to the um, museums, it would be. So intriguing to me in a different way, just just different than what I uh, than what I knew, mm-hmm. and so um, so that kind of I feel like when I think about painting, I think about like the old masters. Like I paint, I still still to this day I paint listening uh, to classical music uh, because something about uh, something about that it, it really does relax me. But something about that channels me uh channels the the old masters to study because that's how I was taught in high school like my art teacher would put on music from classical music Maxwell like all kinds of stuff she put on um and so even even I would go over to her house sometimes and um 
I would go over to her house. Her husband Frank would be there, and she'll be showing me the ropes of like what it looks like to, you know, uh, you know, do different techniques with oils and all that stuff. So, so I, yeah. yeah. So it sounds like she really poured into you, and in, uh, as a teacher. Yeah, yeah, I think in the early stage, yeah, she was yeah, crucial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She early, was crucial. Get, getting it off the ground, kind of thing. Yeah, one hundred percent. Can you? One hundred percent. Can you? I mean, you know, we're we're in a pretty. There's there's so much going on, you know, in, in terms of social, socially, racially, you know, a lot of a lot of hurt, a lot of terrible stuff happening, man. Just yeah, egregious, right? Definitely. Would you Would you care to talk about? Would you be open to talking about um, just what it what it's like for you coming up as a a black man, African-American man, especially as a painter, like yeah. when you think about the the accessibility, like so for me, because one of my main mentors is Oliver Jackson, who's, who's yeah. African-American. And yeah. so because of, because of him, I had a window into other black artists, other African-American artists, like, but I had to dig. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. as a, as just, just out of my contact. Yeah. So without that contact, I wouldn't even know where to dig. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So that's I'm just right. wondering like, yeah. I was in California. You're in DC. What, what was that like, or what was that like? And we can get into maybe what that's like now later. But you know, just in the early stages, was that were you aware? Yeah. You know that there was like a lack of um, yeah. equity or visibility there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, my main. Uh, so yeah, so my main end was Kendi Wally. Mm-hmm. Uh, just seeing his work, I hadn't seen. Um, I don't think I've seen any other black artists like on that level outside of that I knew of uh outside of his work and so it, like um it, it so seeing his work and seeing what what a black person in the arts specifically could do uh within the painting lane was powerful um because yeah like I, I grew up uh tension left and right I mean we were always um we were just trained to be aware and 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 sensitive to like you know what we were doing and my mom was always um, making sure we was aware that, like, yo, nothing comes free here. You know, you are black, and, and things are difficult, and, and that's okay, but that doesn't mean to, to throw your hands up. That just means that we need to um, – it's just going to look different for us um, going on. And so part of me getting serious about um, painting was that uh, when, I, when I looked around, I didn't see too many examples – of um, African American artists uh, doing positive work, and and not just artists too. Like, so I'm in the hip hop culture, and so and I grew up all in the uh, the pop culture of hip hop. And so, um, when you look around, there's not a lot of examples of of positive African American, uh, you know, uh, artists or creatives doing things like that. I mean, there's definitely a lot of people, but it's not. It just wasn't, it's not a, it's not an easy, it's like a handful, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so I wanted to, I just felt the burden um, to um, kind of get in the ring. I felt the burden to apply and to step into there, um, into that space to uh, to use my voice for, for positive stuff. And so, yeah, I'm still digging too. Like, I'm still digging to find, um, like black painters and, and what they like yesterday well yesterday I discovered this guy named um Bob Thompson and he was um a dope painter that lived um he lived in uh, up north somewhere dang not helpful <laughs> he lived up north somewhere I mean he died young and um you know based on the article it was saying that he was 
on the path of becoming something great and really communicating powerful things with his mm-hmm. paintings. But he uh, he died so young. Uh, he died like 20 or something like that, mm-hmm. or 28 or something like that. And, but he moved overseas. And so, like, uh, just I had never heard of him. You know, I, I could tell you a whole bunch of European artists that I, I studied growing up, but I, I can only tell you, like, a handful of black artists that I know uh, trying to do it. And so that's just been inspiring to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, with that, like, you're talking about, you know, being in high school, kind of feeling a burden uh, with all this. So, I mean, I, I know it's hard to pinpoint at the time, but looking back, can you kind of pinpoint when you said, all right, you know, art started out as an interest, this thing where I was kind of looking at what my sister and brother were doing and copying and then moving into painting and learning. When did things click over where you started to say to yourself, hey, this might actually be worth pursuing for longer or, you know, or is that something real gradual? Like, what did that look like? Mm. Yeah, I always, um, always say that the, the, um, like I started, my biggest accomplishment was, was the, the painting that I, that I did in, uh, in high school in 11th grade. That was the first of like, oh snap, like this is actual thing. And I received some sort of, I got an award, like I think I won a Scholastics for it or something like that. And so I was excited about that accomplishment. And then um, the fire was still burning, so I continued to work at it. And, and then I think I, what was it, in college I sold a painting for like $1,000. And I was like super excited about that, you know, first first painting. So uh, not even thinking about the seriousness of like any kind of professional thing. I was just making art. So, yeah, so for me, it's always been, like, as long as the fire is is burning in me, as long as I still have that, like, kind of seed to uh, investigate and, and to see um, and to get these ideas out, uh, I always, I was just going to pursue it. And so, like, um, I remember there's a season in 2013 where I had to put a hold on school and art and everything. I had to get a job. You know, I had just gotten married and I had to put a hold on it. But, like, even when I was... Uh, even when I wasn't painting, um, I was painting in my mind like every day. And so when I came back to a time where I could uh, get back into it and get serious, um, I had to I had to reflect on, you know, the journey. And I had to see like, yo, is this something worth pursuing now? You know, you've been away from it for, for a while. Is this that serious? And like, yeah, like, like, as I reflect, like, definitely, like, the fire is still burning. It's, it's always burning. It's, it's, you know, so many ideas coming through my head, running through my head. And so, um, for me, it's always, it's never dulled out, you know? So, like, I just, pain is just something that I always gravitated towards um, oh, throughout the years. Like, I was always able to communicate uh, in a powerful way through painting, the best. I mean, I've, I've done video. Um, I currently been, you know, doing more of uh, graphic design, stuff like that. But painting has been the way that I could communicate my ideas at, uh, the best way. And so that's why I kind of just stuck with it. You mentioned um, taking a break, which so somewhere between high school, you went to college mm-hmm. and then and then your route left you with a break. And then you. So. So what was that like? What was the, the time between high school to college? And then that, that point that Gareth's talking about, because it seems like it's unfolded 
yeah. over over an extended period of time. So can you talk a little bit about yeah. uh, what that's what that's looked like for you? Because you 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 definitely seem like you're able to do a lot of different things, um, and and how, like how you acquired or developed those skills. I feel like your your path is pretty unique. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know mm-hmm. a lot of people that have taken your your path, which is why I think it's interesting. And I think it's worth sharing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like along this along this path, there's been like key moments that have helped me to continue um, at at painting. So you know, like eleventh grade, whatever award. Then I sold four thousand dollars in in college. That was actually in like a competition in community college, and uh, and then you know transitioning to school here in VCU. And so, um, where did so, you go to community college? So I went to community, uh, Nova. Okay. Nova community what was college. That, what was that like? So that yeah. was, um, yeah, that was, mm, I, I feel like that was just like, you know, part of the hustle. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't really only focused on painting, you know, I had to get a job and stuff like that. So that was just the educational space of just learning and, and, and trying to find time to paint. Um, and so I feel like the that space was trying to figure out my life also. Like I wanted to go into VCU mm-hmm. from high school. So when I graduated high school, um, I tried to apply <laughs> to VCU, didn't get in, applied again like the next semester, didn't get in. I applied like three times trying to get into VCU and um, finally got in like the third or fourth time. What year did you come to VCU? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. 2010. 10. 2010. Dude, I was yep. going to say, I, I, I was on admissions starting in 2009, so I definitely was sitting in one, the, one of the... <laughs> yo, yo, so you came in 2010, and I was the one, I'm the, I'm the time when you got hey, in. Thank you. I wasn't there for the time. I was trying to think. I was like, dang, dude. Um Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So the community college stage was me just like trying to figure out like what the heck with life. I was just in life in the middle of life trying to figure out stuff. Um, knew I wanted to continue painting. I actually had plans on going to like a, a Taylor school in Maryland or something. Mm. Uh, I was like, I was like either going to do that or go to the military or something, something ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't, I got accepted in the VCU and came down. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, something's still here. We're going to see what's up. So come down to VCU, and I I done hopped in like every department of VCU. <laughs> <laughs> I done been a part of every department. Dude, yo. They need to give you like multiple. <laughs> they need to give you multiple degrees, dude. Yo, yo, way too long. It took me ten years to get my dang degree. Good list. Yeah, so but you got good. it. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah, yeah. I closed up. Closed yeah. out. So yeah. So yeah. So 2013, I had to put a hold on, um, just everything. Right. Because um, life was getting real. And I had to focus on that. And so I didn't even think about like, you know, where, where is my art going to be? Like, what, what about my art? What about, I just had to put a hold on life. I mean, on like education and stuff like that, on art, all that, um, to get things straight. And so um, so I feel like from college all the way through my education here at VCU has been like just trying to get things figured out while still having the fire burning to create, but not being able to create um, at will. And so that kind of, those kind of roadblocks, those little bumps um, could have turned me around into a different route, but for some strange reason, it didn't. It just continued to, for me, it was just all part of the growth, all a part of the process Mm -hmm. to where I am now. So I'm definitely 
looking back, I'm definitely thankful that you know I made it to this point. But it was definitely crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. Well, because it's been it's a trip to see where you're at now. Because you know we've been friends all of us for a long time, so yeah. you get to see yeah. all these steps. And so, so like with hind, what's crazy about hindsight is you can kind of like look back on hindsight in a moment. Mm-hmm. You know, you can clock collapse time backwards and kind of be like, yeah, I remember that, that, and that. That's right. But, you know, that was, you know, 10 years or whatever. That's and right. And then, um, which is a crazy thought. Yeah. And then, um, years, yo. but then, like, there's also, like, it's like it was yesterday. And then where you're at mm-hmm. is really, I think, a solid place. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, it's like, why I think, you know, your story is interesting is Gareth and I have been talking about these kinds of themes of persisting and ordinary making, like, it's integrated into your life. Like we've been hitting, you know, on these kinds of themes. I think you're like a great example of that. Cause that to me, your work is maturing mm-hmm. and is in like a really, really, it's your work. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's your hand. You've been, you know, it's, it's what I saw you do when you were in high school, yeah. 10 years, you know, 10, 11 years ago, like that work, there's like a, there's a you and all the way through, yeah. but the work you're doing now feels confident. Doesn't feel fussed with, doesn't feel like it needed art school necessarily. Yeah. Um, but life school, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I actually agree. And I, I, I'm i thankful, though, like, I, yeah, in high school, you know, yeah, I was just free. I, in high school, I, I wasn't aware of, you know, much. And so I was freer to enter into that place to create. And, you know, then life happens and you start, start thinking about, like, you know, who's going to buy this and where is this going to hang and all that stuff. And right. so And so you start to, you find yourself, you know, changing for the culture or whoever you feel like would, you know, buy your painting or whatever. And so uh, I was entering, I was thinking about all that stuff while I was figuring out edu- my education. And so fast forward to this point where it was just like, yo, I, I really, I really don't care. I just need to need to get these ideas out and I'm excited about these ideas and I'm just going to create and use my voice the best way I know how. And let's see what happens with it kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about, talk about then where you're at right now with this, the works you're making. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, with the works that I'm making, um, they're, they're coming from a place of just struggle, brokenness in, in the world. Um, just heavy stuff that we go through, pains that we go through. Um, I'm thinking about like all these different things, my whole road, me as a black man, the struggles that I've gone through as a black, uh, as a black man. And, um, so I'm thinking about all that baggage, but I'm also thinking about, um, the place or time when that baggage will be, will no longer be here. And so through my work, I'm kind of taking you through the journey of pulling from those struggles, but also presenting an idea of a better place where uh, we'll be free from pain and 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 heartbreak and and all these kind of things that that hinder us from from you know being the, the best humans kind of thing and so that's kind of where I'm at and so I'm pulling from my experiences I'm pulling from uh, my love music uh, I got a painting right now uh, that that I'm going to be working on soon inspired from uh, Outcast. Mm. Which, which out, what out, what part of Outcast? <laughs> look, look, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> so look, so look, um, so it was. Uh, gosh, look, the I, the song slips me, but 
in the music video, there's this um, there's this scene of a marching band, uh-huh. and and they're coming down the street, and the lights it's like this crazy space. It's all dark, and they're dancing in the middle of the street. The marching band is. It's just ha- it's just having a good time. You you trying to think of what's yeah, up? Trying to think of yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. I had it. I, I should have. Look, I'm still I'm still in the middle of it. I haven't yeah. ironed out yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I was listening to this uh, Jay Dilla song, and um, it, I don't know. It had the, the vibes of like a uh, like a hip hop a hip hop uh, marching band bounce, mm. and so that bounce. Uh, led to some kind of uh it reminded me of outcast it reminded me of like um college uh marching bands mm-hmm. and like i i don't know the name of the, the lead guy mm-hmm. so it, it it created this whole environment of this 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 funky exciting space this big celebration and so um so with that yeah I, i'm going to create something for that um now is this coming is this happening in cuz i i feel like well, there's like there's several questions I want to ask you, but so there's like you have I feel like you've got lines of work. Mm. You got these framed, these white frame space pieces. Yeah. And you got these kind of uh hybrid collaged almost mm. multi multi perspective mm. pieces that feel almost autobiographical. Yeah. But then also uh detached yeah. from certain elements. So there's like these um formal uh, push and pulls that create uh, physical space in the painting. That's right. And then they're sometimes in uh, paradoxical to the psychological space. It's like, yeah, I, there's so there's a lot. There's like two lines that happen in that work. That's right. You, yeah. So that's then, right. So anyhow, like, how, how are you thinking of this new? How are you thinking through those those painting series or? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So so um yeah. Th- so those paintings that you uh well that painting of those few pieces that you described. Um, have definitely been uh, pulling from like uh, my life, but the, the frame ones are are pulling from um, uh, what I said before, like the struggles that we mm-hmm. face. Um, so you're gonna make one this hit this outcast yeah this, this outcast joint is gonna okay. be on a wait. yeah it's gonna be uh, yeah it's gonna be connected to uh, you know the essential idea of my of my work, the looking for a vision, and uh, it'll be in the frame. It'll, it'll be it's gonna be dope. Yeah, it's I gonna be wait. dope. I'm excited about it. Um, but yeah, so I'm so right now I'm trying to be consistent in generating uh, just a focused body of work uh, that can that that gets at what I want to communicate well, and so I'm trying my hardest <laughs> to to stay focused and to not you know run off the thousands and thousands of ideas um, that that run through my mind. So so yeah, I'm trying to be consistent with the frames now with the uh, emerging. Uh, objects of some sort coming out at you. Um, so, are you yeah. writing your ideas down? Do you journal them? Yeah, I, I do. Well, I, um, don't don't critique me live. We won't critique you live. <laughs> <laughs> so, so look, uh, so yeah, so so currently, what I'm doing is uh, I'll write them down, but I um, a phrase of some sort will stick with me, and a phrase or a title. And I know, like you know, people say like, "Yo, don't put a title; just gotta work and yeah, create." Yeah, yeah. But the title holds the idea and allows me to come back to it without putting too much on it. Mm-hmm. And when I come back to it, I may still have it or I may, it, it may come, it may go somewhere else. And so, uh, so yeah, the, I, the title of it is like a tag. It's like a pin, you know, 
hold mm-hmm. this right here. And then, um, and then, yeah, so I have a whole bunch of like little tags that I come back to and I revisit mm-hmm. and then I investigate further if I even want to, you know, you know, spend time with this idea or that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'm just sitting down and I'm pulling from just the struggles that I've seen around the space, uh, mm-hmm. the, like from friends, from the culture, you know, um, there's a lot of tension right now um, because of the just the several incidents with the black in the black community um, of abuse and, and racism and all that stuff. And so, like, uh, I'm trying to not make all of my paintings about that, but uh, it's kind of hard. But uh, but yeah, so I'm just I'm just sitting down, I'm surveying all of life, and I'm really just creating from that. That work you're talking about, what it was interesting is it's like um, it's you personally surveying through the um, collective means of other people's ability to share the way that the media reports things, the way that you know social media communicates things, the way you experience it directly as a, a person yourself walking the streets. Like you're talking about a multi-level engagement with a really intense uh, world that's even more intensified because we have so much access to it in some ways. And so it sounds like, you know, you're hitting at a lot of the, the brokenness, if you will, or the sorrow, but it also seems like you're still, you're, you're still alluding to like a hope. Cause you said something, something like, um, you know, that you're also trying to point to a time when there won't be, um, you know, uh, brokenness or something yeah. like that. So, yeah. so how, how are you, where is that coming from? How are you processing that man? Like wh- what's the, uh, hope component or because yeah. I always feel like when people think about hope it feels sentimental and people don't want to vibe with it because it's like it's too light or something you know what that's I mean right. like yeah, it's that's too right. yeah and so I was imagining that image you were I mean I, I can't recall the. I'm embarrassed to admit I can't recall the outcast video you're talking about <laughs> but I have my own conjuring of what I think that video is uh-huh. so I'm like splicing together a storm yeah uh in my mind and I'm appropriating green from um one of andre 3000's videos uh hey yeah and imagine them and marching down the street with lightning <laughs> anyhow like it just all i, I pastiched my own version oh, together y'all shouldn't yeah. get i did now now like you'll be expecting <laughs> yeah so what i'm saying is like i'm a but it, in that what's interesting is that there is a okay so i'm just being me like there is um the if i if i can think well on the marching band the, the marching band is in unison uh, communicating with their bodies. And then there's like upticks to the body movement yeah. that exaggerates something yeah. and yeah. It amplifies it, right? In mm-hmm. these exaggerated ways to, to heighten a sense of um, jubilance or almost defiant jubilance, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that is communicated against a backdrop that is actually communicating um, storm, which mm-hmm. typically is it's just a part of the way things go. But um, so there's a a tension, uh, a friction mm. between hope and uh, ad- ad- um, adversity, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. I guess when I'm listening to you talk. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what you what you got, yeah, man? Yeah. Yeah, the so, hope piece. Yes, yes. Mm. So um, I feel like we all um, long for um, true fr- freedom. I feel like we all long for a day um, without pain, you know, without seeing our loved ones, you know, gone or without um, just, you know, aching bones. You know, I've been running and my body, just, you know, it's the small things and the, the more serious things. And 
I, I feel like it's safe to say that we all long to be fully um, renewed. Like our, our body, we, we long to be in that place or, or space where like we don't have any more pains or, or suffering like that. And so mm. a lot of my work pulls from um, the, the um, eternal hope in the Father and Jesus, you know, and the promises that he said that, you know, one day he will make all things new. And so a lot of my work holds on to the idea of the new, like the new heavens and the new creations. And, and one day this place will be fully new, renewed. Um, and so, and so a lot of them, a lot of my pieces journey down the road of just experiencing that space of celebration, just like a, a space of, of no pain, mm. um, um, free from, you know, the, the struggles that, that we're seeing. Like just coming here, I saw like another video yeah, of, no. of, a, of a black man, you know, you know, killed by police. And I'm not, I'm not going on that road of like police and black men, all that stuff. There's, that's a different conversation. But all that is to say that like there's a lot of stuff going on and, and we can't control none of it. And it's happening all the time, like history is an, is an example that like this is not a good place. We are not you're not we're not doing what we ought to do, and we can't control any. Like we're just we're just doing things, and we're just tearing each other up. And so uh, I wanted to use my voice as a as a as a platform as an opportunity to to shine light to push towards uh, kind of like a, a future space of hope. So for you, so it's interesting. So you're not, you're kind of talking like in a faith-based perspective, but you yeah. wouldn't call yourself a, uh, like a, a, a Christian artist. You wouldn't no, say that. No, not at right, all. Right. Not at all. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah, that, that comes with a lot of um, un, unnecessary, um, it's, it's just, that puts me in a, in a, in a box that I wouldn't even see myself in. Like I'm, I'm a human being experiencing life yeah. and just living um, and just responding to the things around me. And so um, I would just say that like from, from life, I just pull from what I've experienced in our community, communicate through, through painting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say I'm Christian painter or anything like that. Nah. Do you see, do you see any tie? Like this is a I'm trying to think of how to ask this question. Like when you think about the spirituals, when you think back to like um, when African Americans were in slavery, uh, the spirituals were like, you know, the singing and the, um, there's so much culture that was born in in a resilient way out of uh, terrible oppression, yeah. and it was very faith based, if you will. Uh, I've, so when I'm listening to you, I'm hearing a like I'm at least hearing some kind of association for that longing for a better day kind of thing. Yeah, do you, do you see you see yourself? like kind of like continuing that yeah. legacy, but as a painter and not yeah. necessarily, you know, the context is very different. We're not, you know, we're, but, but then there's some things that are just that, that haven't changed at all. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. Do you see, yeah. Yeah. I definitely, yeah. Like, like Martin Luther King, you know, everybody knows about Martin Luther King. Everybody quotes him and, you know, everybody knows, you know, what he, what he stood for yet. He did have, he was a man of faith, mm -hmm. but he also was a man about like he he also wanted to bring people together and invite them into uh, a 
like one nation. He wanted to invite them into a space where we all will be together, mm-hmm. loving each other. And uh, and so in in my work, in my work, I try to uh, communicate that um, through through painting. Yeah, I definitely try to uh, bring some of that uh, those old notes mm-hmm. into my work today. Definitely, mm-hmm. yeah. But I don't, I don't, I don't want it to be. Um, I don't want my work to be viewed through like a, a a faith-based thing. I want I want it to be viewed as like a person communicating the beauty of life mm-hmm. uh, to you, you know, kind of like that. Yeah, I definitely guess one way I think about it is I think I've seen, you know, look, you look at a lot of art, there's a religious tradition to, yeah. to history of art. Yeah. So you're like, you know, on the one hand, like that's just deep, deep, yeah. Just history for painting. You're looking at master painters like that's right, that's right. Michelangelo, whatever. That's right. Um, even you know, I read a sermon by Van Gogh. You know, um, wow. you know, I <laughs> wow. got a, I got a book. It has a sermon, and I read. I'm like, I'm reading a sermon from wow. Van Gogh, which that's is a crazy, crazy thought. That's crazy. I didn't get that in art class, by the way. But, <laughs> Definitely um, not. But the uh, so I guess what's interesting is like there's such a deep entanglement and deep history of these ideas, mm-hmm. and then and also how uh, you know religious ideas can shape painting application and, and has. Yeah. So if you think about like, uh, there was the Buddhist show at uh, the VMFA and um, there was like Tibetan Buddhism and there yeah. were tenets that had a specific shaping influence on the manner of space, the the uh, nature of color. There wasn't, there wasn't light. There weren't landscapes. It was really fascinating. Uh-huh. There was just a focus on, or a, there was a lot of work. It was allegorical driving towards inner illumination. Yeah. And so when I looked at the color, a lot of the color had a kind of inner illuminated yeah. feel, yeah. but it wasn't externally impacted by the context. And I was like, that's oh, very, that's, dope. that's very consistent to the belief. And yeah. so when you start looking at the inner intersection between faith perspectives or religious beliefs and manners of making, mm-hmm. um, you can start to see, uh, uh, ideologies or theologies emerge mm-hmm. and they're either incongruent or consistent, mm-hmm. you know, or That's whatever, right. but That's depending right. on, and I, I only know so much, but, um, yeah, I definitely think about your work. It doesn't feel heavy handed. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I definitely don't want it to be like, I'm not like out here trying to, you know, uh, you know, manipulate people with like my cross and, yeah. and, you know, beat people over the head. But no, I'm just really just, just living in, in, and out of my life. I'm just, you know, sharing, you know, uh, how I see things, yeah. uh, in a natural way. Um, and so, and so, yeah, I want my work to feel natural and not, you know, religious or, you know, nothing that comes with that. It's just mm-hmm. natural. I'm just a regular guy, yeah. um, communicating through oils, um, how I see the world. Well, something you said earlier stuck out to me, which is uh, you're talking about painting and then you had like kind of a move and you started saying like, then I started thinking like, where's this going to be and who, how can I sell it and who's going to want to buy it and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, and I think that, you know, what you're talking about, like we can get into those spaces pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, not much out of art school, right? Because yeah. we're worried about whatever we need when you pay bills, whatever. Um, but what you're talking about now, this kind of like, internal passion, this desire, these ideas, the fact that you're connecting your experiences uh, with a hopeful outlook on the world and things like that. Like you look at like, I think even with a historical perspective of African-American art as a broad term across American history, I think some of the most real art that we've seen on this entire continent 
have come from what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, grew up outside New Orleans, and so you had Congo Square in New Orleans, the one place where uh, African-American slaves could congregate on Sundays. Yeah. And what did they do? They made jazz. Ooh. Right? <laughs> yeah. And now yeah. it's Armstrong Park. Yeah. And it's like the most American music we got. They didn't come from a place where they were saying, how could we market this? How could mm-hmm. we? How could we? Uh, right. How could we start clubs where people want to listen to it? Yeah, but uh, you know, real. all that came later. That's real. Yeah. But it came from a spot where they were just like, "These are our experiences. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. This is what we're doing." And slowly over time, that stuff grew. It matured, like Ryan was talking about with your work, and it's something that became like an expression. That I mean, I'm personally of the mindset where nobody can tell me they're not a fan of jazz. Yeah. Just because it's such a real kind of raw thing, and yes. it's so wide. And it's also influenced so many other things oh, that people yeah. are a fan of. So yeah, you can't be definitely. like, I'll take that, but I won't take the jazz that yep. shaped it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's, but I think there's something super rich about that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and something that, you know, you're talking about, because, you know, where you and Martin Luther King with it, I thought jazz, uh, just straight up. Yeah. But I think both of those, like, I mean, it's tough. Even in some kind of, like, broody Miles Davis, dark period sort of stuff, jazz, like, you you still get some stuff where at the end of it you're like, oh, I feel some hope. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Still communicating Well, that. you know what's interesting? Just kind of riffing on that, Gareth, I, I like that you said that. I Like, it made me go, like, my brain went, what's crazy is, like, if you pick up a jazz instrument, if, if you pick up an instrument, you're, that's a necessarily hopeful act. Yeah. Because I don't do, when I've been in the my The audacity lowest, to think you can do something. That's right. That's to, hopeful. To oh, determine. That is dope. Yeah, to determine to do anything. Like, when I'm at my lowest, I've had some depressive seasons um, in long dry spells recently, but I had a recent one that was pretty rough. But the um, as soon as you go to pick up with something, that in of itself is necessarily a hopeful act. Yeah. Now, if you go to, you know, um, turn on the TV... I mean, you're yeah. still you're you're That's still right. alive, so you're like, yeah, I need something. When you yeah, go yeah. to make something, yeah, you go to express your sorrow through a song. There is a hope because it's in it's sort of like connected to a hearer mm-hmm. or a, an other, like mm-hmm. that. There's some transaction of meaning that occurs that can help you be understood or be lifted out or lift someone out or. Like, it's just necessarily hopeful. So, yeah. I mean, it just made me just... No, I think that's yeah. good. Cause I, you know, we've talked about in the past this idea of, like, you know, active and passive, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and so, like, again, I'm going to beat this horse till it's just good and dead. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, I mean, <laughs> Oliver Jackson's thing, if you're yeah. not making, you're not an artist. Like, yeah. that, that is, like, it's been real, stuck man. in my head so much, right? Because there is there is something very active about what we do is... People doing creative stuff, right? And there's right. something hopeful about it, right? There's something that says, uh, you know, maybe we're stuck in some deep butt mud, but it doesn't mean that our uh, wheels can't be turning, yeah, right? It doesn't right. mean we can't get out, doesn't yeah. mean we can't go somewhere. Um, which I think, you know, is there's a resignation to what goes on, mm-hmm. right? Where you just accept it and you get cynical and you get mm-hmm. nasty with it. Yeah. Or there's a there's there's something, I mean, even like what you were saying about, you know, 10 years of finished school and you were just going through and that was your journey and you were learning and you were doing this stuff. You weren't giving up on it, right? Yeah. There wasn't a yeah. resignation to that. Yeah, that's right. And so what comes out of it? Well, you know, eight years later from probably the first time I think I saw one of your paintings, uh-huh. I'm oh. seeing your paintings like this morning. My wife is just like <laughs> talking my ear off about what she posted this morning. Uh, look uh, on, uh, I'm going to look on Instagram right now. <laughs> Technology. Uh, but yeah, I know, you know, I it's it. like you just, you keep moving, you keep doing it. And yeah. I think, you know, when we talk about the things that start to make, artists despondent or, you know, 
you ask artists like, well, why'd you give this up or whatever? Yeah. I think a lot of times it becomes the, a passivity kind of snuck in there. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, something that's right. That stopped you from making or yeah. or something that just said, you know, hey, it, it felt like a thick enough wall. I was never going to break through it. Yes. So I think, I mean, I think hope is huge, man. Yeah. Like I think hope, like in the grand scheme of things, hope is amazing, but also just in like the, the like meta of like Curtis Newkirk. Mm. Having hope, like for to keep going, to keep having those ideas, keep putting those pens and those titles, and just saying, "This is what it's going to be." I think hope is a big part of the conversation. That yes, I mean, I wish, I wish I'd have had it in a class in school. You know, like yeah, I mean, so much <laughs> of it. I mean, let's for another episode. We've talked about doing this is having an elongated talk on cynicism in its destructive mm. shape on the institution. So it's yeah. like, I mean, I won't go to chase us down too hard. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But I mean, I was your teacher. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Look, look, you too, Gareth, both of yeah. y'all. So, <laughs> Gosh, that's right. So, which I'm just thinking about right this second, yeah. actually. But there were some Thank classes you where your hopefulness didn't square with other people in the class very well. Oh, that's real. They were mm. really, they really had a hard, like, it was like, I, we were probably, ha- we, you and I, in the context of, of, a, of um, you know, just, just speaking from that super personal space, like yeah. I probably related more to you than the, than, than the, the arty art, art, art. I, sh- I should not say that, but <laughs> I come from a similar background in some kind of way. That's so right. like yeah, right. hip hop made me want to be an artist. That's like right. I didn't, so I relate to that and always felt like in academia, there should be more space for that. Yeah, and I never understood why you have to, why that's discounted or why that second class when it comes to talking art theory, it's like, why, I don't know, man, you know, and that's, you know, years ago. So, I mean, things have been progressing and there is more inclusivity now. And, Uh um, but I did, I did get a firsthand view of, of you not being a cynic Mm -hmm. and that really driving people nuts Mm -hmm. and them literally not knowing what to do with you. Yeah. That's crazy. It used to tick me off. Like we've had, we've had (laughs) talks about it, but, um, I don't, I don't know in the areas that Gareth, teaches like i feel like painting's got weird baggage yeah that's yeah. kind of lame you know it's got yeah well, with me like i don't get i don't i don't get to have like the streamlined right so i don't get like the painting students yeah um yeah know, and you know same with you ryan um so you, but i get these i feel like we kind of get the students at the different end of the spectrum right where you, they start off they haven't fully calcified into their majors right yeah they've got their leanings and things like that but you know i get them and it's like Okay, uh, you see, like the painting students cluster up, or the you know graphic design students cluster up, or whatever it is, um, you know. And then like Curtis is over here doing like twelve different things, and <laughs> yeah. folks are just like they're like, where do where do we where do we put you? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which is probably because we I had him I had him in a we were in a upper level uh, class that I created. Yeah, that's and right. it was every major was in that in that thing. Oh snap! Yeah, yeah. visual hermeneutics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 visual hermeneutics, and so. Uh, Ian Hess was in that class. Oh, my man, Ian. Yeah. Eli McMullen. I mean, there was a, it was a great Stuck, class. Yeah. But yeah. there also was like this thing where, yeah, Curtis's whole vibe was just different. <laughs> and so I, I would just like trip out because people would be like, we're about diversity. And then you get to Curtis and they'd be like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. Or, you know, yeah. also, what I guess the thing that I, I love that, I mean, it's why I was like, man, we got to have you on. I love the unapologetic way you go about making paintings. Yeah. And what I mean by that is like you, you've persisted in your way in like that Kehende Wiley show yeah. that we had here, you know, Wiley's done that in a way like he's, he's like, uh, kind of just straightforward going at it as like a master, a modern master. That's right. With yeah. a lot of hearkening back to what we often think about in the art history canon is, 
um, expressive examples of mastery, if you will. That's right. And I think, you know, as contemporary art has progressed, there's a move away from that. But not everybody got to, to do that in a way that they could add or rewrite history and put themselves in there. That's right. And so I think there's like something really admirable about the uh, admirable about the way you work. Yeah. And I feel like you're doing that too. Yeah. And I, I'm like, you know, you, Oliver Jackson used to just always say, he's like, I'm a, he'd be like, he, I'm a mother effing master. And he would just be like, I mean, cause he, and he, he, would, walk, he would own it. He yeah. would just own it. He would yeah. just tell you like, but you couldn't argue with it. He was sculpt. He, he could do things realistically. He, I mean, he could just That's do. Dope. And, um, I think me and Chino have talked about that this a lot. This idea of sometimes you have to you have to say it for yourself in the context yeah. of culture because yeah. the culture is not going to say it about no way uh, black artists especially yeah, a lot no of times. Way. And so I kind of get historically where some artists and people have hated on Kanye and but I, I can understand where at different times you say it for yourself to create the plausibility. Yeah. And um, and I think there's something in there that's important. And I would just say that uh, the way you're appro- approaching painting is important. Hmm. And um, the, if you can persist in this like steady state that you're working, yeah. Um, I just think we haven't even seen. I mean, yes. you know what I mean? Yes, like, yes. what is what does your work look like ten more years yeah. from now? Yeah. We already got ten in. What does ten yeah, more years yeah, look like? Yeah. Yeah, for real. That's how I think about it too. Like yeah. this lane is it's it's not really a lane. Yeah. And so uh, this, which means there's so much to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? Which means there's. there's uh, uh, so much to uh, to communicate. Um, yeah, I just think about like my my work. That's that's what led me to even want to, you know, uh, get serious and focused in this lane of creating as an African American artist because like uh, it, it's not it's just it's not something that you come by often, and so uh, I just felt like it was my duty to to not be quiet or to not. You know, shun these ideas, shun uh, the desire to to make this, and kind of just just say like, man, whatever, just just jump in it and, mm-hmm. and make it happen. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. So maybe it's a good point to pivot and take some of what you're doing because we've been wrestling. We've all had our own conversations um, about sort of being entrepreneurial. Yeah. You know, obviously, Shaka Art Space is a nonprofit gallery, so we're not signing artists to our gallery. That's right. And Gareth and I both make stuff, and um, we even have some future collaboration talks in the work. Oh, that's I'm excited dope. about. That yes, is sir. dope. Um, yeah. Which could go in any many, you know, it could go in multiple directions. I think Gareth and I probably both like the flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've talked <laughs> yes. about, so Gareth, you know, just, just kind of setting the table, is like Gareth has worked, has run his own design business. Gareth has worked with um, clients, like has a lot of real world experience mm-hmm. um, doing it for himself and working with others. Um, and when it comes to the fine art, sometimes we're, or contemporary art, we're kind of uh, narrowed a little more. Yeah. Um, and so like I've wrestled with this and so I, I've learned a lot from hanging out with Gareth yeah. and him giving Likewise, me, dude. Yeah, him giving me his perspective yeah. has been, so key at letting my mind open up. That's right. Because I, I felt the tension of like, do I sign with a gallery? Yeah. And I was asked in the past, but I was in a place where I just wasn't, I was in a quiet, quiet right. space where I was working, working on Shaka art space. And so I laid it down, but now, you know, one of the goals is to pick it back up. So That's I, right. you asked me, what, what do I think yeah. about this issue of signing with a gallery or just sort of doing it yourself? You know, That's do right. you like do a studio out of your house? Do you, you know, um, and, uh, I've gotten a lot of insight from Gareth just, 
in total about business, just thinking differently, right? Yeah. yeah. And so that makes me think proximity is really important. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not around at some kind of difference, then you just can't hear from somebody who might be able to help you think afresh. That's right. Um, So what do you, where are you at with that, man? I mean, I I think that's the issue. And I think a lot of artists are probably thinking about this. Yeah. And maybe the last thing I'd say just to set the stage is, um, my guess is post COVID-19, this is going to be, so be a huge conversation. Yeah. Huge conversation because you might see a lot of, I mean, it's killing me, man. Like a lot of galleries are going to close. Chicago art space is taking a hit. We don't, we don't know to what extent yet. Um, and I'm, I'm really rethinking like, where do you show? Do you just do pop-up show? And I don't mean just in a cheap way. That's right. But yeah, it's like, right. there's so much tied to it. So yeah. anyhow, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you I, asked me that question that's right. offline uh, some time back. So yeah. what were you, what were you, what were, what are you thinking about regarding so, this, man? So yeah, I, I was, I was thinking about, um, uh, I was thinking about, I've been reading this, this book. I don't remember the title, but. I've been reading it. So one thing we know is Curtis doesn't remember title. Uh, look, hey, look, I'm I'm 30, but I'm like an old man. You're, oh yeah, you are old. Yeah, Curtis. Yo, listen. I'm waiting listen. for Curtis to fall asleep on us right now. Yo, listen. I wake up very early. I go to sleep very early. Dude, I do want to ask you about your. Before we go, I got. I do want to ask you about your regiment. Yo, yeah, yeah. You work. You have a full time job. Full time job. Painting, so yeah. So whenever I make paintings, just know like I'm working. Outside of the birds are asleep. <laughs> I'm grinding, man. It's just the season, though. That's how yeah. I, that's how I tell myself it's the season. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah. So like, uh, I've been thinking about you know um, the idea of, of joining a gallery, and in this book they were talking about like um, how like the the issues, the pros and cons about joining a gallery. You know, some of the cons is that like galleries are representing a lot of different artists, and so they're not gonna be able to. Like they're not going to be able to do a solid, solid job of pushing your work. Mm. So, so, it, so joining a gallery comes with a lot of a lot of uh, restrictions and stuff like that. You can't sell and do certain things. Uh, while, but then on the other side, they're not fully getting you that publicity or that recognition that you're trying to get by through joining a gallery. And so the um, what you. This is what the book said. So what you would want to do is kind of start up, uh, build it from the ground up your own deal, which means take up, um, do your own stuff, the business, the reaching out, the networking, the creating shows, the selling, um, you know, finding the buyers. And so that led me to the idea of like, or, or thinking about um, like if if I go straight to the buyers, like it started, it had me thinking about like the purpose of a gallery, the purpose of showing in a gallery. Um, should we show in a gallery? Do we need a gallery? Do we do a an online gallery of your own and kind of mm-hmm. get people to come in there? Like, what's that space like? You know. And so then I, but then of course, like one man, one man army will get you only so far. Yeah. And so like. So that that led me to the idea of like, well, maybe in the beginning stage, maybe in the beginning stage, it's helpful to to join a gallery to get the ball rolling. And then down the line, you kind of transition into your own thing because it's it's the front load of uh, the front load of uh, of an independent artist. It's a lot that you have to do to get the thing rolling and when you should be generating work. To get to get that out, 
and then later, you know, you creating your own big movement. And so I don't know, like, I kind of want to open that up. That's just where I was at with the idea. Mm-hmm. Come on. Man. Yeah, that's a lot. There's so much there. Uh, I mean, man, <laughs> where do you even start with that? So, um, I mean, it's tough, right? Because you got some ideological things happening there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some things, you got some, you got some ideological things. You also think we got some uh, sort of uh, particularly uh, proximal cultural ideas uh, happening. Uh, but then you got uh, what I like to always kind of bring it back with a lot of students. Uh, I like to get down to the practical ideas, which I know are not super sexy. Nobody's just like, let's talk practical. Gareth yeah, puts lingerie on practical <laughs> ideas. <though. laughs> I try to make it look good. good. Yeah, he right. makes so, it sexy. Um, I mean, so so here's the thing. is like I, I hear all that, and it's funny because everything you just said is literally stuff that I talk to my students about. Like okay. I say the same things. Right. I'm in the right but here's place. the thing. Uh-huh. Uh, we got to put some caveats on that, like okay. big time. And some of them are. And I think you're getting at it because you've experienced it. But, you know, if you're, let's say you're like a junior or a sophomore in college and you're hearing this sort of stuff and you're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to get out there and do this. Exactly. Well, what you just talked about was more or less like three full-time jobs. Oh, yeah, exactly. And the whole time you're doing these three full-time jobs of being your marketing department and being your sales department and being the talent. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Who's who's paying your bills? You know, and that's the hard part. And so Mm -hmm. when we get down to the practical matters of it, you know, that's, that's always where I got to say, I got to say with folks is like, I think sometimes there's like a third way, you know, mm-hmm. like we like to think really heavy in terms of is just me or it's me with a gallery. But mm-hmm. I think there's a nice way to kind of wed the two mm-hmm. in a lot of spaces. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to see more of this in the next few years as mm-hmm. things have collapsed. And then we will see them, you know, um, in the next few years start to expand again mm-hmm. um, as things improve, hopefully, um, is that. You know, while you're at a gallery, I think most people think I get to a gallery, I stop the hustle. Yeah. Or, you know, I got the full time hustle and I don't deal with the gallery. And I'm, but I think there's something in between yeah. where, like, you know, I think the way you're hitting it is the way I talk to a lot of design students where it's like, it's good to actually be a part of the big, like, capital S system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For a bit. Yeah. So you start to learn what that system looks like mm-hmm. and you could take the pieces that are meaningful as you exit from that system and really mark your yeah. own territory. See, that's dope. You know, and it's like, I don't know, um, almost thinking of, uh, and this is not my space. As a designer, I understand this is not my space. <laughs> you know, the painters. But, um, you know, almost thinking of it as like there's the the apprenticeship model of learning painting, but I think there's also like an apprenticeship mindset that can be taken within a gallery mm-hmm. of how to really position things, create things. Because I, in the last whatever it's been now, two years three years, whatever it's been that I've been working with you, Ryan, on this stuff. Um, like the, the things I've learned just from being around conversations about a gallery, mm. uh, hanging a show, being a part of a show, doing those sort of things, like the stuff I've learned, I didn't even know I needed to learn. Mm. Yes. But it's given me completely new contextual points for other things. So I don't, I think part of it is like we, uh, like don't, don't kid yourself after you get out of school, you're not done learning, right? Um, so keep that learning pushing down the road as much as possible. But I, I mean, I don't know. The practical side of me says, yeah, do all those things. But how? Yeah. How do you do yeah, it? Yeah, because that's the, I mean, that's the thing. I, I'm trying to think like, you know, I'm in a, you know, all of us are in a position where we we have a job. So the job, you know, kind of pays the bills. So we're not yeah. bearing the weight. And then I got a couple of friends that I can think of that Ian is one of them. Um 
that is like, you know, makes, makes a go at it with just, you know, just off his art. Yeah. And then the other that I could think of locally is Matt Lively that has a family and a home and a mortgage. And yeah. he taught for 10 years adjuncting at VCU. And then, and it was, <laughs> he's just a funny guy. He's like, he kind of said it was like a joke. He never really expected to teach 10 years. And so he's like, I swore to myself, I would not be a teacher longer than 10 years. Cause I never really <laughs> meant to be a teacher. And if you know him, and forgive me, Matt, if I'm saying it the wrong way, but it was really funny. And then he just was like, I'm retiring today. And I was like, what? And then he just like, because he's making, he's making a living off his paintings. Yeah. But then, he, you know, and his paintings are pollinate, cross-pollinate with other muralists. And, you know, he's he's kind of found a way of pivoting a few different ways that keeps the work moving. Yeah. Um, and it, I guess so what I'm, what I tend to think about is you, every, every direction you, you possibly gain something, but you lose another. Yeah. And so if the goal is to make a living off your art, yeah. you may lose yeah. some of the critical associations with like the, the kind of power elite. Yeah, exactly. You, you, like, you know, like you're, you're not going to get reviews or, yep. and so then I'm wrestling with like, do I even care about that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, that's why, yeah. 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 So that's my whole dilemma is like, even though, I mean, so I'm not saying those conversations don't matter. I'm just saying like I don't even know if I'm a, a part of them anyways. Like yeah, so I I'm, yeah. I'm really wrestling with like what are the the things you gain and possibly lose in the sort of the the approach you take. There's something nice about a gallery. like so like there's galleries I really admire here in Richmond. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine my work sort of being there. Mm-hmm. And what what I like about it is I I like or you know what excites me is there's a history to the space. There's a legacy of makers that have come before me and there's wor- makers that I would be honored to have my work next to. Because yeah. the truth is I don't really care to just have my work out there. It's also the way the work is in discourse with other artists. That's right. So that's like the thing that I haven't been able to fully yeah. turn my mind away from. But then the other side is like, you know, if I get into a situation where I can, you know, sell work, then um, there's ways of making affordable work. Like I've got a whole vision for a future that has you know, multiple tiers to it. And there's work I make cause I just want you to see it. And then there's work that I make that I, that if I can sell it, I still want you to see it. Yeah. It's not cheapened by that, but I also want there to be work that, you know, is accessible to someone who's an early startup collector. Who's like, I got no money. I'm fresh out of college, but I, I just love your work. Like I don't want to lose control over that. That's you right. sign with a gallery, you lose control yeah, over that's that. Right. You that's can't right. just like, you can't do that. Yeah. That's you see right. what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, yeah, I, I I'm still. I mean, to be honest, like I don't have to answer the question yet, but I'm getting close, mm-hmm. and I'm stalemated to this point. So, like, what that third way is is like, I feel like something that maybe we've been working at here is a space where you can support artists, but not have the clamps on them so they can't have their own autonomy too. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, it's yeah. like you know the it, nonprofit. It's having like spaces where you actually. Um, are like, you know, promoters of people's work. That's right. Right. You know, like, um, I don't have to, I, I don't, I even think about like music, right? Like, like a lot of underground stuff, you got people that are promoters of music. Those people may be making their own kind of mixtapes in their garage or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're putting together shows and these people are blowing up and maybe they go to a label, maybe they stay indie, whatever. But that promoter is just kind of getting these people together and saying, I recognize this, I recognize that. Yeah. And this needs to be seen. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, I mean, if you talk about the number of people out there who are practicing artists and then the number of people who are like on with a gallery, it's a drastic percentage difference. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a low percentage of people that are doing the work that are in the gallery. 
Um, so I think there is a space, and it's not, and again, this isn't a space to take away from a gallery. Crying out loud, this podcast comes out of a gallery. Right. Um, so it's not trying to like say, no, galleries should Down go away. Yeah, this yeah, isn't yeah, a good yeah. model. I'm saying that there's a lot of people where that model doesn't work for. Right. right. And, right. and this is in every single industry, period. Yep. Um, you know, every single part of the economy, there's going to be different models for different things within those spaces. So I think, you know, it, it does come down to kind of like, what is it that you want that career to look like? That's right. I think, I mean, that's a big, big question in yeah. that conversation. Yep. And it's a question I think we kind of come upon and ask ourselves much later than we probably should. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I, I, and I, I'm wrestling with that because I'm like, all of us have had sort of a long road. Yeah. I mean, we've had our success. All of us have had successes mm-hmm. or obtaining goals we've set for ourselves. Like I took the long road through education, similarly mm-hmm. to you. And mm-hmm. um, the time, the time that the time that it takes to answer those questions almost can't be microwaved. No. Because like, so because I'm like, I guess what I'm saying is I had to mature to the point to really be desirous of certain responsibilities that I have. Mm-hmm. So like I, I, um, utterly value, um, doing the gallery. I utterly value being a father. I utterly value being a husband. I, utter, I utterly value being a professor. I utterly like, so like these things all have really sort of deepened. I utterly value the community that I have, the friends that I have. Yeah. So, um, and that has all helped me to really value, the work that I make in That's a way right. that I wasn't able to before. I didn't have a context for it. Yeah. it you know what I'm saying? So it's like tough because you're like, you know yeah. what I mean? No, it's super hard. I think, you know, and, and what I was saying, I wasn't trying to critique like, oh, we. Oh, do I this. didn't think that you were. You're just making me think, you know. No, I, th- I think yeah. the biggest thing is like, I feel like this is a question we should push a lot heavier before. Not because right. the answer is going to come earlier. Right. That's but right. Because it is something that you should probably just kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that should be front loaded. Yeah. Like, yeah. as you're weighing in, like, imagine weighing into college. With them more full orbed, yeah, yeah. You're like, like I'm coming to college because I want to be all the things say that I just said. Mm-hmm. That's right. You, yeah. you don't no, normally folks don't do that, so you feel no. like you have to pigeonhole your life into the thing, yeah. And you don't see how life bringing all the other aggregate parts are, yeah. And in, into the aggregate part you want to study vocationally. That's right. And yeah. um, you know, so maybe it's educational models as much as um, supportive models, you know. F- uh, um, because it, at the end of the day, the hustle is the same for the, uh, uh, the gallery is bearing the weight of financial burden the same way the artist is. Yeah. That's why there's the 50, 50 is the rub is going, that's, that's yeah. where that came to, yeah. you know, before that it was 35, 65 or whatever, yeah. you know, in the eighties when it was booming. But, yeah. and then you got your nonprofits that were like, well, we want to support without conditions artists. And so, um, I'm not anti either. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the proposition of a third way. Yeah. Which now I feel like we're gonna have to, you, yeah, 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 we yeah, gotta all right. gotta rethink it again. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, for real, because the context, uh, I mean, the game's changed. Game has changed. Um, but I think, I mean, it's, yeah, there's just so much um, that goes into it. Because uh, if a student comes in and they say, you know, hey, I want to be a gallery artist, I'm like, great. Well, then I can I can help direct you to understand what that looks like. And there's probably a little different set of skills that maybe be good for you, that, like some soft skills that go hand in hand with the hard skills you're learning within your, within your, your major or whatever. Um, you know, but if somebody says, Hey, I want to be an artist uh, and I want to be an artist because I want to kind of live a creative life that with whatever job I get after school, I just want to make sure it's imbued with this sort of stuff. 
oh, well, we got different, we got different trajectories. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, core components and core competencies are still going to be the same, mm-hmm. but they're different. But, you know, to, to put things into like a, a teaching space where we just kind of help students assume that the only way to do it's a gallery yeah. yeah, that's tough. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so restricting. And man. a lot of students, like, they don't they don't jive with it. So they're just like, yeah. I don't want to do that. And also, also stunts this. the gallery itself. So then the yeah. gallery isn't even able to be all that it could oh, be. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. real. Because, yeah. I mean, we, you know, as someone who works in a gallery, like, you want somebody who, like, loves their work so much. Um, there was a show before I came on uh, with uh, uh, Alex Bailey that was uh, – I wish I could have been around for the the part where everything was being chosen because the way that Alex worked was like you walk in and he's like here's seven thousand things and his studio is like fourteen. I walked into his studio and fell down. I was like, yo, there's so dang, much work in yo. there. It was yeah. insane. And like, how much does that yo. benefit the gallery? You know, because like he's kind of been coming to this mindset like you, where he's got, got this passion. I've got these ideas. I got the stuff I want to do. Yeah, uh, and he's just, I mean, one of the more prolific people I've ever seen as a maker. Uh, in terms of volume, it made the gallery work. I would assume a little easier because you had so much That's stuff right. to work from. Yeah. So you, so with that though, you have been, you got stuff coming up. Like you've been, refresh my memory. You've been in some shows recently. What, what's been some of the things where where your work has been seen? Uh, I, I mean, weren't you in? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I was. Yeah. So recently, actually, recently, I got my work accepted into the uh, New American uh, New. Was it New, New American, Painter. American Painter magazine, which is which was a dope opportunity. Um, Congrats! I, yeah, thank yeah, you, dude. thank you. Actually, didn't even know about that magazine before Ryan over here. Yeah, you got accepted in 2012. <laughs> long time ago. Uh, yeah. So so yeah. So after hold it down, that, hold it down. <laughs> yo, you're on the website. It's so dope. Yo, yeah. it's dope. So anyway, so yeah, I, I did a little research on the magazine. Um, Seems like a pretty dope opportunity for like contemporary artists. So, so yeah, I got accepted into that. Um, that edition, that's not going to come out. Um, well, I don't even know now with the COVID stuff. Yeah, come on, COVID. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I got into that. Um, I had a show in. Uh, I did a competition. It was like a jury show um, in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, just to get it going. Yeah, that, that yeah, was like yeah. my first show I wanted to get it going like right. I hadn't been in competitions or anything like that within like like three years or something like three four years so that was just me trying to get my feet wet and so I went in there got accepted into the show um I feel like there's one more were you in the were you in a, the mocha show or were you in did you apply to that or are you in that no, no, okay. yeah, yeah, oh, Virginia yeah, Beach. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I was, so I'm, I was going to. Should have applied. Yo, that. yeah, that was like, I forgot, uh, I forgot about it and, um, like, found out about it, like, uh, two days before the deadline. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, the worst. So, so that's I, a story of my life. <laughs> I, I do that all the time. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to apply. Yo, yo, yeah, so I, I pa- so yeah, often I'll just pass it up. But yeah. this one, I was like, nah, I'm going to do it. Yep. And so I did it and grind. And like, didn't meet the deadline. Finished the painting like hours after, and yeah. I was like, "Well, I got a, Next year. I got a new painting. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that was so that was dope. So yeah, I've just been thinking about, I've just been thinking about the galleries, and um, I do, I do like the idea of. I've always thought about the galleries as a, as a, um, a, a, a like creating a space for people to experience these ideas that I'm trying to communicate. And so on one side, I do want to sell 
paintings, but I'm also trying to kind of get a conversation started. Like that part is 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 part of it. And so if if um if I do the independent thing or whatever or go straight to the buyer thing, then it's I don't know. I feel like it just cuts out mm-hmm. it just cuts out a part of the experience that yeah. I would that I have in my mind that I would like to kind of get the conversation going. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, so like, so to that point, you're talking about making all this work. You're talking about all these ideas. You're talking yeah. about this. I mean, obviously, this question is not just popping up as some hypothetical. Yeah, no. You know, so, uh, <laughs> so I mean, what, what, what is all this kind of to put you completely on the on, on the spot for oh, this? Oh, dang, dog. But like, where, where's all this <laughs> in your mind? Where, where does this go? Right? You're putting all this work together. Yeah. You're kind of thinking through gallery, no gallery. What yeah. way do I go? Like, what, like, what are you building towards? Like, what does it feel like? You're yeah. wanting to create with this stuff you're making. Yes. What am I building towards? Well, well uh, dang, Gareth. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just going to blabber out a couple of things I've just been chewing on. Like, uh, I mean, since since growing up, going to museums and going to like, you know, exhibitions and museums and, and seeing the, the power of the space and the work in space has, that piece has been, uh, you know, that seed has been planted and that's been on my mind. But so you have that, which is very sexy and all fun and stuff like that. But then you also have like the real life, the ground level, the beginner or not even the beginner, the person who's been doing it for a while and kind of, you know, their neighbor is like, hey, I just love that painting. Can I have it? And so you have those situations. And so <laughs> like does does the neighbor situation where like hey i see what's happening i love that painting can i buy it is that lesser than the uh big show in the museum well that's what i'm wrestling with like Mm. i i don't know i mean i'm sure there's more people that would see the museum but you still i I think the idea is to to touch people and to be a light or you can't touch people in covid yeah oh gosh (laughs) (laughs) post <laughs> so like yeah I, I guess yeah like you want to inspire and and, and and you know you want your work to live to live and so like it's living with your next door neighbor and is that enough well yes and no maybe I don't know yeah I'm, I'm right there you. I'm right there in that, in that middle spot of like I would love for my neighbor to you know see the paint see my painting and be super excited about it that's great I also would love to have you know, the masses see it and, and, and see these ideas and all these kind of conversations and things, you know, grow out of it. Like, that's exciting to me as well. So I'm kind of in the middle. Dude, I, Laura and I moved to the north side and we got our house. Like, we had the goal of it's kind of creating a, a art fair in the neighborhood. So making a studio, showing artists there. Yeah, that was the whole, dope. that was the vision that drove the way we looked for homes. So, and then we got the space here, second space here at Shaco Art Studio. So it kind of sh- slowed down that goal. But the goal was to inspire integrated art spaces in neighborhoods and people's backyards so that it was lived with while retaining the feel of what you're talking about. That's so right. It was, That's the, right. it was an intersection. So it was That's a right. shift in the domestic associations with the space as much as it. So it wasn't, it, it's like this the, there's the museum, which I would love, you know, and I've been in a couple shows. And then there's the, having someone own your work, which I love. That's right. Now, both of those spaces can be brought into a domestic space 
which means a domestic space can change some of the way it exists mm-hmm. to be more like a museum and less like a home, mm-hmm. but still more a home than a museum. You, you, yeah. So there's something yeah. in there. So we were thinking about that yeah. a lot. And when we moved, there was a couple houses across the street that were empty. And as Laura and I would you know, dr- daydream about this, that was one of the discussions was I, I almost just want to buy a home that I could turn into a neighborhood museum. Wow. Yo. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then that like, idea is crazy. Yeah. yeah. I just, that's, and it still doesn't go away. Like that's like what I would like to do. So, I mean, like, I feel like those are the, you know, um, I, like a neighborhood mu- museum model has got to have some kind of problem with it that has enabled it to not happen. Like, that's right. Yeah. I can't be the only yeah. person ever thought about that's this. Right. And I know that there's people that have tried things like this and, but I, I can just see, man, being able to walk down the street in my neighborhood, which is very diverse mm-hmm. and, um, a person being able to refresh themselves right off the street into, into a oh, show. That's amazing. With some of the pretense lowered and, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I still, yeah. So anyhow, yeah. I'm just listening with you and like, like that's where, my ideal spaces yeah. for even my own work. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Because that's the space. That's the space that has the hospitality, but the possibility of like the because I think the architecture matters. I think yes. all of those things matter. So I'm not trying to throw anything out. That's right. And I, I guess I envision like you know uh, a space where a conversation is going to happen mm-hmm. that are like really put forward to really chew on. Yeah. Not just an artist talk. Yeah. Exactly. But like exactly. like. Um, you know, multiple artist talks. Yeah. And that's what museums give. That's yeah. why, that's why when I started really press shock art space, I was like, I want us to have long shows. I want us to have multiple artist talks. Cause I want some of that timing yeah. that museums have not gout. You know, I don't want yeah. to be mm-hmm. quick in and out, which I understand. It's not a critique of that. That's right. It's just, it's just yeah. to say that there's something about that sweet spot mm-hmm. that, um, if there's a way of cultivating it, I want to, Yeah, that's you know, right. yeah. um, so I don't know. We, we, yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm with dope, you. that's the best. Like, I mean, that's, that's like what I still daydream about. Like, is like a goal. Look, you know? we in this thing together. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I think this, you know, that's good enough to know the conversation's not just in your own head. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 Everybody else is stewing around on it too. Um, Cause I mean, you know, we're not the first three people to sit around and talk about like gallery or no gallery. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, we're not the first uh, folks to talk about this stuff. We won't be the last. Um, but I think, you know, we do get some, uh, some specific points um, uh, in history where, where we can actually new ideas can kind of emerge. And I feel like we're kind of in one of those spaces, right. Um, yeah. Where uh, experimentation will be probably looked on as a little bit more of a valid option mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. in the next few years. You know, just out of, out of need, to be honest. Yeah. Right? Um, but also, like, you know, and I think this is something that Ryan and I have been saying for a long time, is that it's, um, if the arts really are as important as we believe they are, then we should try everything as possible to get it in the neighborhoods, mm-hmm. you know, to have it, yes. you know, in schools to keep it as an important part for it not to be the first thing it gets cut when the budget gets hit, right? Yeah. It's, if it's really that important, then, like, we should be having a lot of ideas. We should be doing things uh to uh allow the arts to flourish as much uh you know with as much experimentation as we're doing in our own personal work mm-hmm. yeah, right that's right yeah that's enough right. exploration and everything so um yeah I, I think you know even though it might feel kind of dissatisfying to be like well we don't have an answer for you um <laughs> i think it's, it's it's like yeah but i think the answer is you got to keep talking about this yeah mm-hmm. and i think the creativity is the creativity that you think about regarding your work has to be applied outside of the work as well. And it's not going to exasperate you as a painter 
it, if anything, for me, it's helped, it's helped me to, to think, you know, creatively outside of being a painter has helped me have a better understanding of my relationship to painting. Mm-hmm. And so as I learn new things, it, there are ways that it's impacting the way I make, mm-hmm. where I have more peace about what I'm doing, mm-hmm. where I have more clarity about how I can do it differently. And, um, and so you don't lose by being creative outside of the practice and thinking about where you exhibit or, or how that should exist. Like, what do you, what is your, what are you working towards? Yeah. Like those questions are helpful at uh, moving you forward or uh, directing your steps, if you will, I guess is the best way to say it. Maybe not so much that pro- progression step thing, but just those growth steps. Yeah. And, and also it helps you to kind of like see opportunities that maybe you didn't see, you know, yeah. you were just short of. So, yeah. Yeah. That's helpful. Yeah. So check yeah. when, do you, so you don't know when the, uh, the new American painter is coming out. No, no. I need an email. Well, Curtis is in there, so when it comes out, the Southern <laughs> yeah. Edition, right? That's yeah, our, the Southern. Yep, the Southern yeah. Edition. Um, yeah. So yeah, when it comes out, I'll yeah, I'll put. So it. where can we see your work? Give us your. Uh, uh, yes. Your so in. my uh, Instagram is uh, at newkurt dot studio. Okay. Um, finally created a Facebook page. <laughs> it's been like forever. Um, so that one is uh, same thing. Newkirk Studio. Um, and oh, also my website, Curtis Newkirk junior.com um i need to um keep that updated as well yeah. i also created a mailing list that i, I think it's probably be worth <laughs> checking out i think you should yeah yeah definitely I, I would say definitely check out his instagram because that's yeah. where he's curtis does like nice produced videos of his work because he's yeah. he is extremely multi-talented so <laughs> yeah for real um he's nice. He's helped us with work in the past. <laughs> He's lent his genius to Shaco Art Space, so we're super thankful for him. Definitely, and uh, glad to, glad to have you on. Hey, Definitely man. won't be the yes. first time we have you on. Hey. So we'll we'll bring you in again when yeah. once we've yeah. all worked out some of these questions and yeah. that work is popping off. Next time you have a show or something like that, man, we want to have you back on again. Thank yeah. you, so, thank you, y'all. Yeah. This was dope. Yeah, yeah man. thank you, man. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, we love you guys. Uh, thanks for uh, tuning in. If you got any questions, send them our way. We'd love to hear from you, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Send him to Gareth. You've been listening to Shaco Art Speak, a production of Shaco Art Space. We are an independent, nonprofit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia. We can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life in historic Shaco Bottle. <laughs>